This week on an all-new episode, Guy Fieri stops by to say, hello, Ross. Not everything is a grand slam. It's just life. It's not, I'm not, I don't give participation trophies, okay? Okay. The honest thing I will tell you, without question, everything I say is honest, but if I don't like it, you won't see it. That adds so much more on a brand new episode of Hello, Ross. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Well, hello there. Hi, it's me, Ross Matthews, and welcome to Hello, Ross. I have to say, last week was our very first episode. Thank you to so many of you who listened. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We were like in the top 10 of podcasts, so that's because of you. You know, I mean, really, it's because of me, but I mean... You know, but I'd just be talking to oblivion if it weren't for you. So thanks for showing up. Uh, it means a whole lot. And a big thanks to Chelsea Handler. This week, Guy Fieri is going to be uh, popping by here to say hello, Ross. I can't wait to talk to him. I, you know, I'm obsessed with food. I, I, I cook all the time. If you follow me on Instagram, you've seen my recipes. I'm, um, I'm what uh, they described my chihuahua when I adopt her. Uh, they said she's food driven. I was like, oh, I get it. <laughs> Yeah, I'll do anything. If you hold like a piece of bacon in front of me, I will follow you wherever I will go. I get it. I'm food driven at breakfast. I'm thinking about lunch at lunch. I'm thinking about dinner at dinner. I'm thinking about what snack I want when I watch 90 day fiance later, you know, and, and I, I cooked all the time, starting with my mom, I would watch her, you know, cook in the kitchen and and make meatloaf, which is disgusting to watch, but delicious to taste. I remember my dad would be like, do you want to go hunting with me? Rocky? He always called me Rocky. I think, I think, cause I reminded him of Sylvester Stallone. And I'd be like, no, I'd rather stay in the kitchen and like help unload the dishwasher and like figure out how the the ketchup goes from ketchup to that little caramely glaze on the top of the meatloaf. Delicious. I love good food. Nothing makes me happier than going to a restaurant. You know, I just bought a house here on Long Island. I I still live in Palm Springs part time, but I never thought I'd be living in Long Island. But the best part about it is the food. I'm obsessed. The restaurants here are crazy. Um, Our favorite restaurant we go to, I'll tell you just a quick story. Um, is in our little town here, which is so cute on Long Island. And I was driving by and I saw, I saw, what is that? You know, so I pull over and I, and I Google it and I called and I'm going to make a reservation for, for dinner for me and my husband, right? It's about five 30. And I said, okay, I'll call and I'll, okay. So I call and I say, hello. Hi. They answer, hello. Hello. I'd like to make a reservation for two tonight at six 30. They go, all right, ma'am. Okay. That's going to be two, six 30. All right, ma'am. We got you. What's the name? I'm like, it's Ross. All right, ma'am. I got you two for Ross. 630, ma'am. See you in a sec. See you in a little bit. See you. All right, ma'am. See you. But ma'am, ma'am. Probably said ma'am 900 times. All right. This is going to be awkward. But, you know, it happens to me all the time. I get called ma'am every single, every single time I'm on the phone, every time I'm at a drive through and then I pull up, ma'am. <laughs> so whatever. I'm over it. I tell my husband, meet me there at 630. We're going to go. And I, I get there a little early and, and I walk up and I see there's the guy behind the booth. And I said, Hi, I'm here for a reservation. Uh, it's for Ross at 6.30. And this guy looks at me and, and he just looks like Long Island, you know, kind of buff, white guy. And he looks up at me 
After I said, hi, Ross, 6.30, I could tell he was the guy on the phone. He looked up at me and he said, are you fucking kidding me? And I panicked. I I didn't know what to say. I didn't know where this conversation was going to go next. I I, I said, yeah, 6.30, Ross. And he says, are you fucking kidding me? My boyfriend's going to lose his fucking mind. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it was Jason. And now we go to this restaurant all the time. And uh, Jason's the best. And uh, and, uh, it's amazing how food brings you together. You don't know who you're going to bond over food with. That's why I knew I'd love Guy Fieri. I knew it. I've spent... So much time watching his shows. I, I probably more time than any other human being I've I've spent with him. There's, there's something about his love of food, and he's such a bro. And I just knew if I ever met him, I would hit it off with him. Well, I did get to meet him, and it was better than I ever thought. And so when I started this this podcast, Hello Ross, my husband Wellington, he said you got to ask Guy to be on, and I didn't want to bug him, but he said just text him, just text him, and I did. And right away, he said, of course. So when we come back, the one and only Guy Fieri from the Food Network is here to say, hello, Ross. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind the scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Look who it look who it is. I can I you know, I am so happy to be talking to you and it almost didn't happen. I I was not going to bother you, uh, guy. Because you are the busiest man on, on the planet. And my husband, Wellington, who you know, he said, the doctor, Guy will respond. The doctor. The doctor. He said, Guy will respond. So I just, I texted, oh, is there any way you, and you wrote back in like two seconds, you said, anything, brother, I'd be glad to do it. That's my impression of you. Is that pretty good? That's just good. I like how you get all grassy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, and you said yes. And you know, I just, honestly, it blows my mind. I mean, here you are right now. You're on the cover of People Magazine and, and you're on my TV right now. I just turned on the Food Network. You're on it. And I was thinking about it, Guy. I may have spent more time with you than any other human on the planet. Do not tell the doctor that. I do not need the doctor. <laughs> because you are, you are always on and I'm, always watching you and i have loved you since i before i met you and when i got to come on guys grocery games i was probably the most nervous i'd been in a decade well you didn't show it and you did great and just as we were talking earlier you know we loved you on uh on chelsea and uh on handler and uh you you dude you're always the funniest guy and you have such a positive outlook on life and you t- you you roll with the punches um, it's just, it, it, I felt the same way. And, and the funny thing was, is we put you completely in a fish out of water situation, yeah. even though you know how to cook. 
Mm-hmm. We put, yeah, that's grocery games is not easy. And <laughs> it's way harder, by the way, in real life than it looks. There and you stayed the same guy. You know, you didn't crack under pressure. Like I was wondering, like, okay, he's such an easygoing, nice guy, and everything goes with the flow. And then maybe we're going to see this real mean son of a bitch. And no, nope, mm-hmm. you're just a really cool dude. Well, I'm nice, but I forget. Did I win? In my yeah. opinion, did. Well, I actually did. I did. I had, and I have the plate from you. Do you know that I did win because I'm nice, but I'm competitive. Like I'll be, I'll be nice to you, but oh, by the way, by the way, I'll, I'll win. But no, you know we, what we I have from you? Competitive side, but you were still very nice. I want you to know in my kitchen in Palm Springs, you know, I have appliances, everything. I have a plate signed by, by you to Ross and Welly, the champs. It's signed by you and your son, Hunter. This is how much you mean to me, guy. It is in my kitchen on a pedestal. It, it, I, 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 uh, I love you for a few reasons. One, I love you because I just think you're great at what you do. Television, you're so good at it, but also how you got into this guy. It was so unorthodox, much like myself. Remember I started on Leno. You were on uh, next food network star. And now look at you. Must've been a slow week. It just, you know, let that guy on. That's not true, guy. You know, I really think the cream rises to the top no matter how. There's no right way to do it anymore. And and look at you now. I mean, can we talk about the fact that this big deal that you have with Food Network? Can we talk about that? That It's like everything goes through you before it gets on the Food Network. What does this feel yeah, like? I, I'll tell you the honest truth of it. I'm not um, – I got into this late. You know, I got into it when I was about 34. Uh, six, seven, 36, somewhere around there. And all I want, I was doing already doing the things I wanted to do. I wanted to be a dad, you know, mm-hmm. um, and I've got, you know, two great boys. I wanted to be a chef and a restaurant owner. And the, I never thought about being on TV a, a lot by two aunts. I have these two crazy aunts named Aunt Patty and Aunt, and Aunt Polly. And they both used to say to me, you should be on TV. You should be in the movies. You know, you're such a funny guy. You're you know, such a smart ass. And that went on for years as I was a kid, but I never took that. I mean, like that was never a thing. And even when I was in LA running restaurants, I never looked at it. It's like, you know, I didn't think I'm going to go for an audition. I never, never. So when I got the shot at the food network, which I was kind of pushed by my friends to do, because I'm the one that pushes everybody to do something. It turned into this thing. And uh, you know what it is? I kind of had, I already did what I wanted to do. So I thought everything else is just kind of like, let's just have fun with it. Not, let's not put too much pressure on it. And I think that kind of gives you, it's like that sing while, sing like nobody's listening and dance like nobody's watching. I told you that when you got ready to go on to guys. You did. Yeah. That's probably the similarity that you and I have in that. Mm -hmm. And the same thing for, you know, for guys ultimate game night, just let it go. Don't, don't be too hard on yourself. You know, have fun. Treat people, you know, with love and respect. And I see you do that on TV. Like what, what, what I was so shocked about when I met you, because I've been doing this for over 20 years now, is like very rarely are the people on TV exactly the same when the camera stops. You know, sometimes people, you know, they're a little amped up. They're a little different version of themselves. And, and I, people always think I'm amped up on TV. This is who I am, right? And you were exactly who you are. And that is so much easier way to live, don't you think? It, for me, it is. You know, I, yeah. I've been around, I've been in, you know, around in some movies and, I see people act differently than they are on TV. And I can understand that. I judge not. I'm not a judge. I don't judge people. No. I don't have anything mm-hmm. to judge. I'm no better than anybody else. Be who you want to be. Do it as long as you're not hurting yourself. And as long as you're not hurting anybody else. You can be polar opposites. You know, you can be the funniest guy in the world on TV and uh, a complete quiet person. That's fine. But no, for me and you, 
it's nice to know, and especially having you on the shows, to know that what I'm going to get is going to be... Actually, I will say this. You are even a little bit more crazy off TV. Okay? How dare you? How dare I think you, you actually guys. slow your roll a little bit when you... <laughs> I think the doctor keeps you a little bit, you know... Now, Ross... Yo, we, we, this interview is about you, not about me. So just be very clear. All right. This but I find that actually. <laughs> I, an intervention. No, I think that's the key to, to, to your success is like why you can be so easy on television because you're just being so authentically you. And I mean, clearly it's working now. Of course, Guys Grocery Games, uh, which just a reminder for the audience, I won. Um, <clears throat> uh, about the fact that you won Guys Grocery Games? Have we got thank it? You for bringing, thank you for bringing that up. It, honestly, one of my biggest, most proud moments. And then uh, Triple D, uh, Diners, Drivers, and Dives. I spend, I think, 23 hours a day with it on TV. I have a few questions about that. I mean, that was the show that just really took it over. You have been all over the place. Now, you're, you're holding a dog right now. Who is this dog? I need to know. This, this is, is a like, chihuahua. Everybody would expect that I have, like, you know, Rottweilers and pit bulls. No, this is the, uh, this is the attack machine himself. This is Smokey, my chihuahua. Um, you, I have is, three rescue chihuahuas, and when they bark, I lactate, guy. I, I'm so into these dogs. Cannot say that I get that same experience, but I, they, these dogs. So I have this guy. I have Smokey. I have a uh, little fat guy around here who's a, a French bulldog named Cash. And uh, we have an English Mastiff who is just a complete genius named Roxy. Really? And, a, and a German Shepherd that thinks he's a cat named Cowboy. Anyhow. Yeah. I love, I love how into your family you are. You know what I mean? You, you, Hunter's on the show with you. This is so important. I mean, you've managed to build this huge career, but at the end of the day, you identify as like dad, right? Yeah. I mean, I, be, I want to stay the same guy. I, I, and it wasn't even an option. You know, I raised by really great parents. Uh, my mom and my mom and dad, Jim and Penny, Amazing people. Um, I had an amazing little sister. Unfortunately, I lost her to cancer 12 years ago. That's her tattoo right there. My sister, Morgan. But the way we were raised and the way the, the principles that we were you know, brought up with and the philosophies of, you know, help your community be a great, you'll know, be an active part, be a supporter, not a, you know, uh, uh, not a problem, you know, be one of the people you can get, you know, the people count on. That was just the kind of the stuff that was just the MO. So it's, it's not been a big change for me. Yes, there are things in life, you know, in this uh, celebrity world, there are things that can pull you and get you going. You just have to stay true to you. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you got it. You, you, we are of the same cloth, my friend, in the sense that love people, support people, be on, be who you are. Do the best you can. Don't mm -hmm. get lose sight of what the project is. You, know, you do that. A, you do that a lot. Not, I, one thing I um, was so impressed by is during the pandemic when you were raising money for um, restaurant owners because, wow, I don't know that any other industry, you know, schools and kids, everything, but so that restaurant industry really took a hit during the pandemic. Why was that so important to you? was in this kitchen, got a call from a buddy of mine. It gives me goosebumps, Ross, to, talk, to even talk about it. And I actually get a little welled up sometimes about it because it was really... I was really pissed. I don't, I mean, I don't get too lost on things that I can't make an impact on. And I was, I had this feeling of like, I'm not taking this because when I got the phone call, it says they're going to close down all the restaurants in California on Wednesday. And I'm thinking, wait a second, all my brothers and sisters in the business and I have restaurants. I mean, I've 80, I've got a bunch of restaurants. I wasn't even worried about mine at that time. I could handle it. I'm looking at these mom and pop joints that I visit on diners, drivers and dives. I'm thinking their walk-ins are full of food. Their team members are expecting paychecks. Their 
the paycheck, those team members are going to be paying rent and got to pay their kid, the bill. What fuck? How are we going to handle this? Yeah. So, I mean, I was, I was bent out of shape. So the next morning I got up, I was, I was in the gym. I was on the, on the uh, elliptical. I was, I t- called my team. And I said, okay, grab some credit cards, go and start buying gift certificates. I want to buy $50,000 in gift certificates. Okay. Start buying them. Wow. And they called back and they said, okay, we'll go buy them. What are we going to do with them? I said, um, give them to just, you know, people that are, uh, you know, that are getting really hit hard. I don't know who it would be. Let's just give them out. We'll find, we'll go to Salvation Army. They'll know what to do with them. Okay, people great. People will That's know good. where to go. Yes. Get a call back about an hour later. They said, hey, just in our town, shouldn't we do the state? I'm like, great. All right, take the black card. We can charge a million dollars on that. Let's go buy a bunch of gifts. To okay, great. Everything. They called back and they said, hey, you know, we're kind of a, glo- you know, we're kind of, you know, you're like all over the country. Do you think we've got to do this on a bigger level? And I'm like, well, hey, listen, I, I just said we could go to one, you know. Yeah. I said, I got an idea. So I called my attorney, my manager, called a bunch of my guys. And I said, get me the phone numbers of the heavy hitters that have a direct connection to the restaurant industry. And let's, I'm going to call them and ask for money. And they said, all right. Did you follow the gym? Do you have a? Pro-? I said no, no. I there's a <laughs> you hit there's, your head. There's Pepsi. There's Tito Vodka. There's Amazon. There's there's you know uh, there, there, there's there, there's uh, anybody that's out there doing it. You know Uber. There's let's see what we can do. So in this kitchen on I don't know now it was a Friday night. I started making videos and reached out to them directly and spoke directly to that individual the president, the CFO, the COO, and said, hey, listen, Guy Fieri here. This is what we're facing. This is what the industry is going to get ready to go through. I need some money from you. I want to give it to the employees. See, the employees are the ones. The restaurants have insurance. The restaurants have things and so forth. The owners are probably going to be okay. They're going to be better than the employees are. So I want to give money to the, excuse me, to the employees. I sent out 48 of these, okay? Everybody kind of looked at me like, man, the old man is going wacko. Like he is, he's really losing touch of what's going on. The next morning I'm driving to my ranch because it's time to start shutting down. We're going up to the ranch where we know yeah. we can live sustainably. And my manager calls and says, did you send out videos last night? Reed called. <laughs> said, yeah. And he goes, dude, Pepsi's on the phone. They want to give you a million dollars. Oh my God. And I'm literally, I mean, Ross, I still get the goosebumps. I'm like trying to pull my truck over. Oh my like, God. What? Right. So in the course of that week, that day we raised 3 million bucks. In the course of that week, we raised $8 million. And as it went on, we got up to just over $25 million. We gave over 43,000 grants, $500 grants. That's all there was. It's just a $500 gift to restaurant. All you have to do, see, we don't want to make it a big problem. Like how long have you worked there? What it just show us paycheck, show us your name. There you go. Show us where to mail you a check. So how and many people got $500 checks from, from you and over, all these corporations? Over 43,000 people. Oh my God. Do you think about that? And, that- and, and you think about writing out a check. So the four, the great thing was, is we partnered with the National Restaurant Association, the coolest people in the world. I mean, I'm a restaurant. That's what I am. Kind of like Happy Gilmore is a hockey player that makes his money in golf. Yeah. I'm a cook that makes, okay. that makes money in TV. So the Restaurant Association is such an amazing force. And they said, get us the money. We'll vet the people and we'll get the checks out. And I'm not kidding you. Still to this day, 
people write and said, I was at the lowest point of my life. I was a waiter, I was a bartender, I was a cook. I was a, uh, and I, I didn't have anything to count on. And I got a check for $500. Now the $500 didn't save my life. Well, you know what it did tell me is that people care about me. Totally. Is that the restaurant industry that I love and a guy that I look up to, this, this Gus Ferrari guy, here. <laughs> and, and that's what it was. And I told so many people this. It's not about the money. It's about the recognition. It's about the hug. It's about the, it's about the love. It's about the well-being. It's about the rec. It's about knowing that there's a, there's a great country around you that's going to try to help you. And people want to be validated. They want to know that people care. And that, you, that can uh, just validated is probably the biggest thing. You're right. Exactly. That's it. I Sorry, love that, that you did answer. that guy. No, but, but it's 43,000 people, you know, th things change for them because you had an idea. I mean, people don't know that about you. And, and I love that as you win, you keep it going. Something else that was interesting that you did, you know, we talked about when I, when I, um, do you remember when I won guys grocery games? I think um, we should probably delve into that more because I don't think anybody yeah. knows about that. <clears throat> we played for I, I Welly and I refer to you as champ from now on. I would, I would like it if you called me champ. And I don't, I mean, and we do need to throw the doctor in as co-champ. I mean, we do have to he give will, him his recognition. Yeah. He's a very humble yeah. guy. We do need to recognize. <laughs> but we played for, on um, Triple G, we played for SAGE, which is an organization here in New York that helps, um, you know, LGBTQ uh, people when they're older. A lot of them don't have families because they couldn't be out uh, back in the day. And something that you do, they talk about in the People Magazine article, and I had heard about, but you've officiated a wedding for 100 LGBTQ people. Is this true? It was, if there's things that I, the question always gets, and you get it, like, what are some of the highlights of your career? I got a chance to participate in the union of 100 people that loved each other and weren't able to share that and weren't able to profess that and weren't able to legally bind that. And I just could not, I, I, that to me amazes me in a free country that we have that kind of a misunderstanding. Mm -hmm. But I got asked to do it. Someone called me and I, it was kind of an ask that I wonder if it was kind of like, there's no way he'll do it. They called us and I said, absolutely, I'll do it. I mean, I, did, well, I didn't hesitate. I, I, that would be my honor. But I gotta ask you, I mean, there is, I'm I sorry? just have to, but I have to say, you are, you are, you know, middle married, loved by everybody, every side, every, the red, the blue, everybody. To do something like that is sort of a risk a little bit, you know what I mean, in this polarized country. Did you feel at all like, God, am I going to piss off some of these viewers? I mean, now it's a different time, but this was a few years ago. Any worry of that? It, it, I'll lie to you if I said it didn't come into my mind. But if I did, if it, as fast as it came in, it went out. And I said, if the if there's going to be people that are going to judge me and not like me because I'm going to do something that I believe in, then maybe those aren't the people that should like me. I believe in it. I believe in it, and that people should be taking care. People should be equal. It, it's like back to my baseline. As long as you're not hurting yourself or hurting anybody else, have your beliefs. They're your beliefs. I'm not trying to change them. I'm not trying to tell you you're wrong about them. I'm not trying to tell you that I'm right about mine. I'm just doing what I'm doing. And so when I got a chance to participate and be there with these people, it was, there were two gentlemen in particular were there and they were, they were in their late, they were in their seventies, late seventies. 
And they were getting, it gives me goosebumps, man, to talk about it. They were getting the validation, that word we just used a moment ago, that they've probably, I think they were together for 30 years. And they're getting that moment. And I got to be the dude that it's like, you know, being the guy that comes up with a, you know, winning check and gives it to you at the front door. You know, I got sure. to be that guy. But I remember it, my little sister was, was, was gay. And, and, and that's not the reason I did it. But I was, I remember the day my sister called me to tell me that she was coming out. She was telling, she was asking about telling my parents. She's like, you know, you're not. And I said, what do you want me to make me? I said, no, awesome. You know, she goes, well, what is dad going to say? I said, what do you mean? What's he going to say? He's going to say, great. Oh, I don't know. I said, you have got to be kidding me. Were your parents okay when, oh, when she finally did come my out? My parents were, you know, matter of fact, after my little sister passed away, I, you know, we have conversations and I told my dad and he said, he was actually not hurt, but he was a little surprised. He's like, well, he goes, I'm sorry that she, you know, felt that way, but I think that was handled quick. You know, she, you know, she saw how we responded. And mm -hmm. matter of fact, her partner, Annie is still a major part of our family. And when my uh, nephew, Jules, my sister's son, graduated from college, we had the big party here at the house. Annie made a surprise visit. And, you know, it's just awesome. But, you know, to be invited to do that I love is that. something that to be invited to do that wedding. Uh, it was the last moment of the wedding. And I had this huge feeling of my sister there with me and, and I'm saying this and I'm not kidding you, Ross. And you know, you've seen me speak and I can carry the cadence of all the things, man. And my wife was standing in the background. A few of my friends were standing and they knew it was like that close that I was just floodworks. I was going to be emotional. Crying. Yeah, it was, but it was you really probably one of the neatest things I've ever seen in my life to watch all these folks get their, their validation and, and get their chance. And, their, and there was so much love and the people, the people surrounding that and supporting that. And I'm mm -hmm. so glad that the world has changed. I mean, I'm not happy with a lot of things that are going on in the world today. <laughs> I sure am glad for the recognition and the support um, and the, you know, in the movement of equality because everybody just deserves to be who they want to be, you know? Mm -hmm. do, you think do you think your sister was there? Are you spiritual like that? Massively. Yeah, me too. I was never a spiritual. I mean, we were raised spiritually. We weren't raised with a lot of religion, but we were raised in higher power and awareness of that. You know, I mean, not weird, crazy stuff, but, oh, I'm a, and I never was. I never went to, I'm not into any of that, but I did go to a reading. And um, every, everything, that, start at the beginning, go. Champ, I'll tell you what it was. <laughs> I lost one of my best friends in the world. This guy, the, we call him the Cuban, uh, Carl Ruiz. Of he was course, on I loved show. him. I love oh, him. Greatest guy in the world. This is uh, my buddy uh, Hudson. We just lost. He was my medic on my shows, and we just lost him unexpectedly last month. Um, so I have this tribute to the, you know, but I think this is part of the universe and part of the support and the sending the message. I believe that they're watching and listening, and I believe they appreciate. And you know, so, but and yeah, you're, so wearing, I, you're wearing bracelets with their names on them. That's what you're showing me yeah. here. Both of, both of their names on right there. Yeah. We give these to, we make these and give them to anybody that's a fan of them or what happened. I mean, I imagine we've made over a thousand of these, uh, the Cuban Carl Ruiz, Ruizing, you know, anyway, uh, the thing was, is I was getting enough messages that I needed to go have this reading. And I'm like, I'm going to do it because I don't want to hear it that I didn't do it. So I went and I went with an open mind and it was mind blowing. Why? I am the advocate of this now. 
because it, there's no way it's not this kind of thing like, you know, the winning lottery numbers are, or don't walk on a sidewalk on, on, you know, Sunday night, you know, it wasn't that kind of stuff. It was a lot of affirmation. Again, it was a lot of validation. There was a lot going That's on. The words. So I, different people came to speak and talk. And I finally said to the medium, I said, you know, what's so weird as I really thought this was all going to be about my sister talking to me. I really came, I mean, I came to see Carl. Carl and I had some unfinished business and I'm still so devastated by his loss. I mean, it's really weird. It's been a couple of years now and I'm still can't get over. So th that means to me, there's some unfinished business. Yeah. But anyhow, I, um, not negative business. Yeah. yeah. Anyhow, Just... I, said to, I, I said, where's my sister? She goes, your sister's been here the whole time. <laughs> your sister's actually a little concerned. She talks to you every day. She says you guys are in a constant level of communication. Isn't that amazing? Like a wave over the top of me, I went, no shit. <laughs> I've been feeling it, but I didn't know that that's what the, what the feeling it was. You know, I've been getting the dragonflies all the time. I've mm -hmm. been getting the, the messages. I just thought I was crazy. <laughs> you know, I didn't <laughs> I get that. It might be a little bit of both. It's not, it's not a booming voice from the sky that says you should, but it's these feelings and these, these connections. It's like her son, Jules and I, I, I didn't think I could ever love a child the way I love my two sons. You know, that's just not, that's not the way. But I love this kid as equally as I love my two boys. And I talk to him as regularly. As and that wasn't the way with Jules and I. Jules and I weren't that connection. And now the connection is the most amazing thing in the world since, I mean, in quite a while now. But the point being is I could feel my sister pivoting and not feel her, but I could feel this movement that I was supposed to engage Jules differently. Interesting. I got you know, a lot I'm, deeper and a lot more weird. I thought we were going to talk about funny shit. And you well, we will. We'll this. talk... We can talk about it all, but I will tell you, the reason I wanted to bring that up is because when I, when we were on the set of uh, Guys Grocery Games, right before I won, <laughs> I, um, I looked at you and, and told you what, big win, folks. <laughs> I looked yeah. at you and I told you what charity we were playing for. And I swear to you, I swear to God, I felt your sister there. I felt it in that moment. And I, I, I remember thinking if I ever can talk to him about this, I, I want to tell him that I felt her there because it just, it was almost, she was like, Oh, look at this. Look at this. Here we are. They're on national television talking about this. And so I just want you to know that I felt it too. Okay. Okay. Now I, I do have a couple frivolous questions for you though. Is that okay? Just quick rapid fires about, because I'm such okay. a super fan. Okay. Um, uh, how do you find all the places? On guys what? Pumpernickel. <laughs> Stop. Listen, I thought it was association. No. Rapid fire. I just have questions about, I got to know as a super fan. So on drivers, dine-ins and drives, how do you find them? Is there a team of people that go out there and say, you've got to try this? You get emails, you get inundated with DMs. What is it? It's like this with a dart. <laughs> you just throw a dart. We just throw a dart. No. <laughs> um, it, we, we've almost done, we're, we're, we're right on the precipice of 500 episodes. Jeez, we've been doing this wow. for 16 plus years, mm. uh, over 1500 locations. Uh, it's crazy. I never thought it was going to turn into this, but it's so amazing because the machine that it is for the entertainment, for the well-being of the industry, for the employment, I mean, for the money it raises, I mean, on and on and on. Um, but it's, there's no rhyme or reason. I mean, we have, 
pages of recommendations. We have, we talk, matter of fact, if we go back to a city, we'll call the triple D joints that we went to and say, who do you see in your same likeness? You know, who, who uh-huh. has that? You got to have the story. You got to have great food and you got to have a character uh-huh. and who's got that. But you there's ever, not a there's not a real design about how it works. I would have anxiety that I would go and like taste it and be like, mm, that it wouldn't be good. Do you ever get nervous? We do such a great job of vetting. Like uh-huh. when we'll go to a town, we'll usually have about 20 places that we'll look at. Then they'll narrow it. We'll narrow it down to about 15. And then I'll get that list. Oh, I'll show you. This is what it looks like. What do you have here? You're holding up. This is the, a this binder. Is the triple D. This is the triple D binder. So this is what comes to me from the research team. And it's this big monster, you know, it, it takes me about three hours to just read through it and make notes. But the research team knows to ask, like, there's a pizza place. They'll know to tell me what kind of oven, what kind of uh, flour do they use? What is the process of making the dough? So I can vet all this through um, and determine pretty closely. I mean, I get within 5%, 10% of who they are uh-huh. culinarily. Um, I would do anything to go through that binder. I can't even tell you. Can, one day when you're done with the binder, can I just look at it? I'd love to see the behind the scenes of how I'll it all send works. You the, I'll send you the binder and you can. Where do you live, Ross? Do you live in LA? Or you, I you have, live in Palm Springs. I Palm Springs and then in New York. We live. We have a house here on Long Island because that's what we do. Dr- are you Dr- in Long Island? Okay. Yeah. Are you exactly. in Long Island right now? Or are I you am. on? Okay. Um, okay. I was going to invite you. I'm getting ready to go shoot down, uh, down in Southern California. <gasps> and I was going to invite you to come do a segment with me. Okay. Um, okay. I okay. mean. If you can get the champ on Triple D, you're going places. Let me tell you something. We'll figure I would, it out. I would fly anywhere and do anything to be on <sighs> Dino's Drivers and Dive. Anything doctor in the world. And, and you got to bring the doctor, of course. Of course. I do have a theory, though, that if you don't I, – I, I watch you on that show, and I think – I'm trying to see if he doesn't like it. And I have a theory, and I don't know if you've heard this theory. Have, you probably heard a bunch, but this is my theory when you don't like something. Can I just throw it out there? Okay. You don't have to confirm or deny. I think when something's like just okay – you list the ingredients, right? You got the pepper, you got the salt, you got the, you know, you got, I think you just list it. And then when you like it, you go, that's dynamite. That's out of this world. Knocked it out of the park and then do a bump fist. You know what I mean? Like a fist bump. So there's some validity in what you're saying. The Mm -hmm. first is not everything is a grand slam. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just life. It's not, I'm not, I don't give participation trophies. Okay. The honest thing I will tell you, without question, everything I say is honest, but if I don't like it, you won't see it. I'm not going to take a bite and go, hmm, you know, come down here and try that. Yes. You don't have any time for it. Well, you that won't see it on great. the show. That makes me feel uh, great. Maybe I won't eat that recipe. Maybe we'll do something else. Okay. But I usually am so in tune with what I'm going to try and who these chefs are. We've done so much communication with them that there's usually not any tomfoolery that happens. Okay. But there's a difference between something being a grand slam, something being out of bounds, something being great, and something being good. I can I, I can agree. As a, as a, a off, I eat three times a day, three meals a day, every day. I agree with you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So sometimes, but there's not like a, a rhythm of, sometimes I'll describe ingredients because we need to uh, deconstruct what has made this happen. And sometimes there's not enough time left to really go and delve into it to the depth that it is. But there, I mean, yeah, you can tell the natural expressions of somebody when they just go, wait a minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, uh, so I say that there is the, you'll see the good 
you'll see the great, you'll see the unbelievable, but you won't ever see the bad. Do you you won't t- ever see the wah, wah. Do you ever taste something and then what? Here's my thing. I got people counting on me mm. that if I say, come check it out, they, they're going to make a trip maybe. You know, there's a lot of people that watch the show and fly to the location. Uh, let me tell you something. When I've walked maybe, by, I when I walk by a restaurant and it says you've been there, I always, always go in to taste it. Always. Um, so yeah. here's a good story. Just a quick one. I'm on stage in DC doing a demo, 2,500 people. I'm up there cooking and done. And uh, I put a microphone out there and said, let the audience ask questions. Cause I just standing up here and cooking. It's like how much, how exciting. I mean, I'm an exciting cook, but I mean, let's, I'm multifaceted. I'm ADD. Let's, let's talk about everything. You know, squirrel. <laughs> so lady gets up there and she says, hi, chef. Hi. Yeah. She goes, I, I went to a restaurant you recommended and it was horrible. <laughs> God. I said, it was, she goes, yeah. I had a cheeseburger. It was greasy. It was overcooked. It was bad. Lack of seasoning. And I go, I'm sorry, ma'am. Where was this? It was in Cal, you know, the sub city. I said, ma'am, I went to that restaurant and I, I didn't have the hamburger. I had the blueberry waffles. Oh, we had those and they were delicious. They were fantastic. But they, I said, I didn't say everything on the menu was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> but that's, but the point is people trust you, you know, and that goes back to that authenticity thing that I was talking about. Listen, I want to try to make sure that if I'm sending them, they're going to get the, that they're going to get the best. I'm trying to give them the best insight that I can. I have a final five. These are uh, questions that come from our listening audience. Uh, this one comes from Tom says, I love tequila. Yours is the best I've ever tried. What made you want to make a tequila? Tom, you're an incredibly smart person. Well done. <laughs> um, Sammy Hagar is my business partner, the red rocker, the legend, the, the, you know, the rock and roll hall of famer. Um, he had made a tequila back in the day called Cabo Wabo. I loved it. It's best tequila I'd ever had. And I told, and Sammy sold it. And I said, Sammy, if you ever do tequila again, I want in. And he said, no, nah, I sold it. I got to sign a deal. I can't ever touch it. Well, 10 years later, he could, he could get back in the game. And we started Santo, the saint. And the great thing is, is Sammy and I, I'm a huge tequila fan. Me now, too. when I was in college, Ross, I used to think I was allergic to tequila because every time I drank tequila, I broke out in handcuffs. <laughs> But you're so stupid, you know that. <laughs> right? That's a good one. You'll use that. Don't start. I know. But you know um, when I take when I do tequila, my friends call me Ratchet Ross because I get I usually I I'm done about seven thirty at night. I'm like tuck me in. I'm good. Ratchet Ross can stay up till 10 o'clock. Animal. <laughs> well, so I can see you running around the Hamptons with that in, <laughs> or in Long Island. So anyhow, so Sammy and I made this deal. Let's make tequila, but let's make incredible tequila. No additives. Mm-hmm. Organic. 100% blue agave, no, no, no playing game. There's a lot of games that are played in tequila. A lot of colors added, a lot of flavors added, a lot of, a lot of, we're 100%. We will take our tequila against anybody. Matter of fact, it was rated, our Blanco was rated one of the top seven Blanco tequilas in the world. You know, so I, we're not playing, we're celebrities uh, by our tequila. Hey, we're two tequila guys that make, and we also happen to, you know, make celebrity. I, you know, I love tequila. I've been in Jalisco, Mexico. I've been to d- distilleries like. Have the, I said you any of mine? I had some of yours uh, on set when I won guys' grocery games. I um, uh-huh. I had a shot there, and it was so delicious, delicious. Then let me send the champ a bottle. I oh, think we need to have a victory bottle to be sent your way. You know what? I insist. 
I do insist. Oh, hey, question from Julie. And I love this question. Uh, she says, I love Guy signature look. Look, when did he decide to go blonde? I, I, let me, you know how much I love a signature look, uh, Guy. Please tell me everything. Was there a moment when you thought, let's do it? So I don't know if you saw the Late Late Show, James Late Late Show uh, a couple weeks ago, but it was the best. He does this piece where he walks out of the dressing room and I walk out and we're both dressed the same way. <laughs> And he says, this is embarrassing. I mean, he's got the goatee on the whole thing. It's hysterical. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, the dude kills it. James Corden. And James, yeah, James, I mean, he's such a performer. Oh my God, he's such a witty, smart guy. Anyhow, he says, well, we can't go out like this, can we? And I'm like, no, James, thank you. I'm glad you could understand that. And he's like, uh, well, okay. Hey, this is James. Could you bring Guy a suit for me, please? So, because we look alike. Right now. And I'm like, no, James, I'm not wearing it. It's the greatest act. That's you got to see it. Anyhow. Okay, great. There was no rhyme or reason. Again, this is not one of those things like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go on TV one day. So I should bleach my hair. I should get a bunch of tattoos on my arm. I should wear big Rick. This is just my, my own mistake. You know, uh, I used to have a mullet. I used to have the long black hair, brown hair, whatever color it was back then. Mm -hmm. This is 20 plus years ago. I mean, this is 25 years ago. And the girl that cut my hair, Christina Hughes, who's still a dear friend of mine, she said to me one day, got to do something about this haircut. This is so, I go, you know what, Christina, fine. Do whatever you want. She goes, whatever I want. It's Friday afternoon. I said, whatever you want. Cuts my hair. She goes, okay, you're done. I go, you gonna wash the soap out. She goes, no, honey, that's your hair color. <laughs> uh-huh. What did your wife say? I went and got a beanie. I put the beanie on over my head. Yeah. Down to the sides like this. And I, cause I had to, I had service at the restaurant. I had to, I had to cook at the restaurant that night. And I come walking in and everybody's like, Hey chef, what's up? And I'm like, eh. like, what's going on with the beanie? Nothing. You know, and about halfway through the night I'm sweating. I pulled off and everybody's like, Ugh. you know, yeah. I remember Hunter was like three or four and Hunter didn't even know who I was. It freaked him out. Uh -huh. And what did your wife say? Oh, she said uh, that good decision. Yeah, there you, go. you look great. But you yeah. know what? It is a good decision because it be it's iconic now, right? You have to have a look. I had a guy walk up to me one time, right when it was early on in my career. Actually, when I won Food Network Star, and I was walking off the stage, and one of the big executives of the Food Network said, uh, "He says, um, better get used to that haircut." And I didn't understand what you know. I didn't understand what it meant. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I really didn't think it was going to happen. I got it. I won the Food Network Star. I had my little cooking show called Guys Big Bite. I got guaranteed six episodes. My my stage looked like my my kitchen set looked like a dungeon. <laughs> uh, it was just like I'm like this ain't going to go anywhere. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go back to my restaurants. I'm fine. You know, just have fun while I do it. And well, that changed. And that changed. Did you find it? Just this is a quick follow up. But did you find it difficult to get? people to, to take you seriously. I did as Ross, the intern, people thought it was like a gimmick. Did you, did you feel like it took a second before people thought, Oh God, this guy's going to be a mogul. Yeah. There was a, there was a good amount of, um, I don't know what the word we'll use for it. Lack of appreciation. No, there was, a, there was a, a big doubting crowd, which rightly so. I don't, you know, I'm not expecting anybody to, why wouldn't it look like a shtick? Bleached hair, tattoos, loud, California, blah, 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 blah. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of flash in the pans that happen in this world, especially now with all the stuff that we see in social media, anybody can be a millionaire, billionaire, you know, you don't know who to trust, but no, there was, there was some pushback on it, but you know what? I never did it for anybody else. Mm. I'm not doing it for people's, uh, people's opinion or people's uh, appreciate. I do. I'm going to the beat of my own drum. I got, I want to make sure my family loves me. Make sure my family, my, my, my friends love me. Make sure that I'm being the best man I can be. 
And as my dad even said, you know, one time some article was written, it was kind of, you know, going in my direction. You go, see, eventually going to come around. Mm -hmm. But that that's what it is. I mean, that the world will eventually come around. Doesn't we'll, we'll right our wrong. Look at the food world, Ross. Look at the food world in the mid 90s. Everything was processed. Restaurants were cheaper and easier and two for ones and all this kind of stuff. We were so lost in the world of food. And then I believe it's groups like the Food Network that came in and righted that ship. Now chefs are rock stars. Yeah. Well, it sure didn't look like it in the mid 80s, mid 90s that we were going to get into a positive direction in the world of food. And now we are living our greatest life because people are getting organics. People are starting to eat to their body type. People are learning how to cook, teaching their kids how to cook, making conscious decisions. I mean, it's just I, I can't. And I'll, let me get on the soapbox one second. Anybody that's watching this, please teach your kids to cook. And I'm not saying teach your kids to cook because I want them to be chefs. One of the first ways we can get children to make conscious decisions about themselves is through the world of food. If we can teach them that eating ice cream for dinner may be a great idea right now, but it's going to have a negative consequence later in the evening because they're going to have the sugar crash. There's an example, teaching kids how to make a good lunch versus eating lunch that's processed and the energy that'll give them to play in sports. Totally. However we get them to associate with making decisions and feeling the positive or the negative consequences, it is probably the beginning foundation of educating our kids to be self-resilient, self-aware, self-controlling, self-directing. And if we do it through the greatest medium, which is food, because everybody loves food. Absolutely. I was 40 years old before I understood food and how it worked as fuel for your body. Kids should understand. We should learn. We know how to balance a checkbook and uh, understand nutrition would be amazing to understand as a kid. If we can get kids to realize this, then think about the other decisions they're going to be faced mm -hmm. with in their life with drugs, with alcohol, with decisions that they're going to make about their body, all these kinds of things. Food is that first one that we can really get them to make a decision and see the immediate consequences. And I think if we can start teaching through food. Yeah. Who knows what we can do. I have one last question for you. And I, it's, uh, we, what we were talking about, though, we're talking about, you know, and I think we've, it's been the through line in this whole conversation, talking about how you started in an orthodox way, how we're all searching for validation, how maybe there was a time when you first started and you were the tattooed blonde guy. People didn't take you seriously. What does it feel like? What does it really feel like now to be on the cover of People magazine, multi, 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 multi million dollar? I'm going to say it. You don't have to say it. Contract having your own tequila, all of this, what is it like? Uh, you know, that Johnny Mitchell side song, both sides. Now here you are on this side. What is it like? Well, I will, I will lie to you if I tell you it wasn't amazing. And yes, once in a while I have to go, huh? You know, I've had some friends of mine that I, uh, you have known a long time, a girl that I was, I was an exchange student in France when I was 16 mm -hmm. And she's, I just recently connected with all the kids that I went to school with in, in France uh, that were from the United States. And she said, who'd go to think that, you know, 35 years later, this guy that I knew is, is on the cover of People. So when I have those cover conversations, because I go back to being 16 living in France, I kind of go, wow. But on the other side of it, I'm still the same guy. I've always been out. I've always been this living a million miles an hour, 25 hours a day, 375 days a year. I've always had this energy and this thing. And what I'm so happy about though, and this is really the truth of it, is I love now having the chance 
to be able to make a big impact. I love now to have the chance. I hope again, I hope I get to do a wedding for a thousand couples. Mm. You know, Kristen Stewart asked me if I'd come do her wedding. Absolutely. And it's not even just, it's not because it's a gay couple. It's because it's a, it's somebody that I admire that I think great. It's, I have the chance to help fire victims. I have the chance to go help uh, veterans. I have a chance to recognize first responders. I have a chance to bring money. I had a company. I did an event for a company called Workaday. I did a, a virtual uh, cooking event with them. And the owner was so impressed with the message they had that he called and he gave us a gigantic donation, the largest one we've ever had to our foundation. And our foundation does an event every month. We do a foundation for first responders or for veterans, or we do a big kids literacy program. To be this guy that's always been so interested in helping his community and to now have that power to do big things. Yeah. Well, I talk about goosebumps. That's when the, that's when the, that's the, that's the reward. Well, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the crescendo of my career and to see my sons and my parents being alive and to, and, and having my family wrecking, being able to see what we do as a family and the things that the people we impact. That's the, that's the reward. And I know it sounds a little too cliche, but that's honestly, man, I got all the shit I need. I got all the toys and the things and the, da, 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 I got all that now, right now, the, the biggest focus is, wow, what do I get to do with it? Well, you know, we started, that's, that's I really lose my shit. You started the- Tim McGraw and I are going to do an event. Oh, yeah, I was going to ask you October, about this. Tim McGraw. T- October 21st and October 22nd. We're doing an event here in the wine country. Tim's going to play. He's going to do a concert. I'm going to do a food and wine event on, on Friday night. And then Saturday, we're going to do a celebrity softball game. Tim's team against my team. And we're going to raise, hopefully, a couple million bucks. Yeah. I'm sorry. Tim McGraw <laughs> is coming to my town. And we're going to, and so when I think about that, I'm thinking, man, you know what it is? It's not even the money. It's the awareness that we get to raise about veterans, the awareness we get to raise about how we all can participate as a community. Those are the things that when I look at that and go, Holy shit, we're going to make some, we're going to make a difference and making a difference is what we need to celebrate. Every, and by the way, and I don't remind everybody, everybody can make a difference. Everybody can just change the paradigm by 10%. Everybody can make, everybody can let somebody pull in front of them coming out of the driveway. Everybody can buy that cup of coffee for the stranger standing behind them. Everybody can just smile at somebody and as opposed to look away. I mean, we can do this. We just have to make a conscious decision to listen to our, you know, our positive inner self and just do this. And we can write a lot of the wrongs of the bullshit that's going on. we got to quit the infighting. It's got to stop. I think about how you started the conversation where you, you said you could do the TV gig because you already had everything you wanted. Right. And then you got all this. And now what can you do that you have all this? I think, you know, the best is yet to come. I can't believe you sat down uh, and did this with me. I'm really, truly honored. And I say that as a champion of Guy's Grocery Games. Um, I, I really am truly um, honored. I really am that you did this with me. It's a great thrill for me as a super fan of yours and somebody who's got to meet you and, and that you're, you're even better in, in real life. It's not just me kissing your ass. I don't have people on here that I don't really truly find fascinating and enjoy. I adore you. And you, everyone can find out more about Tim McGraw and Guy Fieri uh, and their Wine Country Weekend. It's October 21st. And 22nd. Also, Why don't you guys. Come be on my team, Ross. What now? Tell me what. Why don't you come be on my team? Listen, Bring a good doctor up. We need to have a doctor on the field. I mean, somebody needs to add medical support. I mean, why don't you come and, and participate? I'm telling you right now. I'm telling you right now. Anything you want me to do, 
I'm on your team. You got it? I'm really mean. I don't throw out shallow offers. And, and Ross, I do really consider you my friend. You're, you're such a great guy. And you are what you see is what you get. And matter of fact, when I sent this to my team that you texted over, they said, and Julie, who's my, uh, my publicist, who's the, the best in the world, everybody said, well, let's funnel it through and we'll get it all. And I said, no, 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 we're just going to do it. You got a big, because I just got back from a huge filming. Um, I just got back late last night. And they oh, said, you got a big schedule. You got all these things coming up. I said, my brother's doing his, his event. Get it organized. Let's go. And everybody's like, wow, we didn't know you guys were that tight. I said, it's my brother from another mother. We'll make it happen. Seriously, it means so much to me because I feel the exact same way. Anything you need, I'm showing up. And I'm going to be watching you, of course, Guy's Ultimate Game Night, Guy's Grocery Games, Diners, Divers, and Dives. Every title has so many words in it, but I know them all. I didn't have to read any of that because I watched them all. Guy Fieri, I think the world of you and your family, and um, I'll see you whenever you need me. Uh, my brother, thank you. Say hi to the good doctor for me. It was, it was a pleasure to talk with you, champ. Love what you're doing. Your interview skills are spot on. Go get them. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. We'll be right back with my happy ending. And welcome back to Hello Ross. A big thanks to Guy Fieri. I mean, I just, I just adore him. I can't believe I know him, you know. Uh, oh, hey, all in the theme of food, it's time for my happy ending. This is the best thing I've seen all week. So what you don't know about me, I told you I like to go out to restaurants and I like to go eat and, I, and I'm obsessed with food. But what you don't know about me is that I like to eat about 530 because <laughs> I just bear with me. Okay. I like to, if you get to the restaurant at 530, you order a martini, it gets there about five, you know, 38. Then you look at the apps as you peruse, you have the app and it comes and you order the main. And then about 630, 635, you're eating your main and you're wrapping up about 715 and you're home. You can, you know, I, I, when people say to me, Hey Ross, let's, uh, let's go to dinner. Okay. And they, okay, we'll meet you there. Reservations at 8 PM. Are you out of your mind? Well, uh, some would call me an old fuddy-duddy senior citizen. Others would call me a trendsetter. And my happy ending, the best thing I've seen all week, comes from the, the style section of the New York Times magazine. They say, for New Yorkers, 6 p.m. is the new 8 p.m. Why restaurants in the city are filling up at hours that were once unfashionably early. Something happened, something with the pandemic. They don't know. But now reservations for 6 p.m. are through the roof. And you know what I have to say about that? I'm fine with it, but only if I can still get my reservation. <laughs> uh, thanks so much for listening. Uh, this show is about you and I and fascinating people having a conversation. So if there's someone you would love to see on the show or you think something out there is the best thing I should see this week, hit me up on all my social media. It's easy to remember. It's Hello Ross across the board. And until next week, bye-bye. Hey, it's me, Ross Matthews. Thanks so much for listening. It means a ton. Make sure you like us, give us a good review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can find us on video at Cumulus Podcast Network on YouTube. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.